Welcome to the Stonelaw Church Podcast. I'm Neil Watson. And whether you are a regular worshipper with us, or whether you just listen to this podcast, I pray that the, the words of the message would be a real blessing to you, and that it would bring you closer to God as you experience more of the love of Jesus in your life. So having had uh, a break for a week, uh, as you were looking at what it is to be a neighbor and who is your neighbor, we come back to our sermon series, Gifts, which is looking at what it is to be a people that are living by the Spirit. And we've looked at joy, love, and peace, and now we come to patience. And I'm going to hazard a guess that patience is probably something that we all wish that we were better at. That there are times where the impatience really riles us up. But I wonder if you've ever heard of something called hurry sickness. Hurry sickness. Seems to be a real problem in our society where everything is such a hurry. Everybody is in a rush and we've got so many things that we need to do. You see it all the time. If you think about the supermarket, when you see people shuffling around, checking their watch. They might be huffing and puffing as they wait in the queue to get through the checkout. Depending on which supermarket you go to, there are some supermarkets where you are through that checkout pretty quick. I won't mention any names, but I think you know which one I'm talking about. But there are some where it takes a long time. And we see people, they get frustrated as they're having to wait and wait and wait just so they can get through the checkout and onto the next thing on their to-do list for that day. You know, I was reading a, a recent uh, UCB devotion that said those who have this hurry sickness are all over. They're the people that zoom in and out of traffic to get somewhere quicker. You know, the kind of people that I'm Kind of talking about you're going along the M74 and you come towards Brayhead and you're stuck, you're idled. And there's people that are in and out, in and out and out to get two cars in front. Those kinds of people, they suffer from hurry sickness. They're two cars in front. Or what about the, the people when you're on your, going on your holiday and comes across the, the tannoy? Um, please remain seated until the aircraft comes to a halt. There's always click, 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 click. People up, taking their, you know, overhead bins are opened, even although they've been told to sit down, just so they can be the first one off the plane to then stand for 40 minutes waiting for the rest of their luggage at the luggage carrier. Those kinds of people. Or the people that are sitting revving their engine while it's still red, and as soon as it starts flashing amber, they're gone. Or what about when you're in a hotel and you get in the lift, the doors are still open and you've clicked the button and they're still sitting 
people that click the button as if it's going to move any quicker, just so you can get to your floor quicker. All of these people suffer from hurry sickness, a real struggle with patience. Also read something fascinating. Oh, well, I found it fascinating. I'll leave it to you to whether you think it was fascinating or not. But I was reading about hummingbirds. I can see some of you are already glazed over. However, these hummingbirds um, move at such a pace, their wings can move at almost 75 times a second to keep them still. You ever seen a hummingbird? It looks amazing, right? And they're just still there. However, the average lifespan of a hummingbird is about three years. They obviously wear themselves out. But an eagle, majestic eagle, they can live up to 30 years old. They've figured out that they don't need to exert too much energy through the flapping of their wings. They're able to just flow in the airflow, the God-given wind that comes. Awesome. Absolutely awesome. And I think there's a message there. There's a message to be had there. I can see a correlation. The hummingbird that goes at 100 miles an hour, well, that exerts too much energy and it burns itself out quickly. But the eagle, who just relies on the, the wind, if we were allowing the, the Holy Spirit to be the thing that we rely on, rather than rushing about too much hurry, we'd have a little bit more patience, then we might not uh, conserve our energy too much. We might last longer and go higher and higher than we might ever have dreamed, just like the majestic eagles. I also read of a minister who described himself this isn't me. I'm not doing that thing where you say, you know, I heard a story about someone and then you just, but anyway, I heard a story of a minister who described himself as a stress distributing machine when he was younger. That was how he described himself, that everyone around him was stressed because he just threw stress out. Everyone that was around him. And it got so bad and it hit him in such a way and caused him to change was the day that his little daughter came to him and said, Daddy, I'll be very, very quick, but I've got something I want to tell you. And it hit him in the gut. He says, it's okay, darling, you, you don't have to be too quick. She says, but you need to listen slowly. And it was a eureka, aha moment. I'll be quick, but you need to listen slowly. Listen to me. Be patient with me. The thing is, deciding to move at a slower pace with more patience will inevitably improve the quality of our lives. We won't be as stressed, but it will also improve the quality of our relationships, just like that father and daughter. You know, as I say, patience isn't something that, that comes easy uh, to us at all times. I wish it was, but it's not. So it's no surprise that it's on this list that Paul gives as a gift, a fruit of the Holy Spirit, something that is supernatural. 
and how we tackle this problem of hurry and lack of patience, the way I see it, is so tied into how we deal with forgiveness. Which is why I chose the passage from Matthew's Gospel this morning. And the reason that I see it so tied in with forgiveness is that when we fail to show patience, when we are filled with that impatience, we're very, very rarely forgiving of people or situations, are we? It tends to be a, a point where we become really, really impatient and we maybe start to act or maybe say things that are maybe not the most forgiving of people or, or situations. You know, it might be that someone's not moving quickly enough for you, so you start to get impatient with them. Might be a particular situation that we're struggling with. We might want to get it out of the way so that we can move on to that next thing. And it's in those times where we're, we're unforgiving of people, we move into that place of frustration and, and it's very rarely a good place to be. And the thing is, all of us are very different. That rich tapestry, we're all very different. You know, one of the things that I love uh, looking at is things like Myers-Briggs and various other personality type stuff. You know, it really brings home to us uh, an understanding that we are all different. And we can argue the science of, of these things uh, till we're blue in the face. Some will defend it, you know, with, with much zeal, and there's others that will diminish it. But what it does do is it does point out to us that we all have different ways in how we work or how we tick. You don't have to have a huge room of people to figure out that we're not all the same. We, we move at different paces. You know, there are some people who just move full steam ahead. You know, they don't really like to spend too long thinking things through before they power into something. They just power ahead towards the goal. And if they make mistakes, they make mistakes. But they'll learn from it. It's how they work. And there's other people who tend to prefer to do that inner reflection and think things through before they act. It might take them a little bit longer to get on that path towards the goal because they're trying to figure out which path to be on. And it's not that one is better than the other. It's just that they're different. It's a reminder to us that we are part of that wonderful tapestry of, of different people. And the thing is, in coming to that realization that we're different, we need to understand that there will be times where we need to have patience with and forgive people, especially those who might not be moving quick enough for us. And I love this passage where Peter comes to to speak to Jesus, who's been teaching them on a whole bunch of different things here in the run-up to it. He talks about what greatness looks like and how we need to have this childlike faith that if we want to inherit the kingdom of heaven, then we need to embrace that, that childlike faith. He then speaks about temptation and sin, the parable of the lost sheep that 
that God is so faithful to us that he will leave the 99 and go after the one. That's how much he loves us. And then in our passage from this morning, where Peter says to him, Lord, what if my brother or sister, and what he means here is, what about another member of the church? Depending on your translation, what about if another member of the church comes and sins against me? Should I forgive them seven times? Peter probably thinks that he's being generous there by saying, if I forgive them seven times, is that as good? Jesus says to him, well, no. You need to forgive them 77 times. And what I love about this is Jesus isn't saying that if you forgive someone 77 times and you get to that 78th time, you don't have to forgive them. Just move on. That's not what he's saying. Jesus is saying to him, look, if you can get to 77 times, you can get to 78 and 79, 80. He's saying to me, this needs to be a continual thing. You need to live in this existence that is a forgiving one, that you're willing to forgive others as you have been forgiven. And you know, I've spoken about forgiveness before, and I, and I want to say it again. Look, forgiving someone is not legitimizing what they have done or said about you or to you. It's not what it's about. But true forgiveness allows you to move forward, to unburden yourself of carrying that around with you by giving it to God. It doesn't legitimize it, but it does free you up to be able to move forward from it without having to carry it. It clears your heart when you forgive. And that's where I see this tie-in with patience. It's not a, a, a one in done thing. It needs to be a continual thing, that we live our lives continually working from that place of patience. You know, there's a very worthwhile phrase that my grandmother used to use all of the time, and it was, it's all in God's time. It's all in God's time. It's a very worthwhile phrase. We need to understand that ultimately we are not in control, but God is. And we might not always understand why things happen or why they don't happen, but we need to hold on to that, that God is in control. And we need to be patient with God as he has been patient with us. And it's not about being inactive. We, of course, need to be proactive in our lives, not about just sitting around doing nothing much as we might like that sometimes. We need to be proactive, but we need to be patient with God in situations that we are becoming impatient with. Because there will be times, there will be people, be situations that we really struggle with. We need to give that to God. We need to slow down, put, us, put away this hurry sickness that seems to have infected our society. Slow down and wait patiently on God, as we've sung. You know, I truly believe that God is an amazing God, and his timing is never wrong. I might never get to a place where I always understand this side 
of eternity why certain things happen or didn't happen. But I truly believe that we have a good God and that his timing is right. And the thing is, on the back of Peter asking about forgiveness and being given this, uh, this punch in the gut that it's, no, you just need to keep forgiving people, Peter. It's not, you can't put a number on it. We move on to Jesus telling another parable. And what we know is the parable of the unforgiving servant. And here we have a small parable that has a lot of stuff in there. It really packs a punch where Jesus is teaching a whole bunch of different things about the kingdom, about his role within it, and ultimately what, what happens. There's lots going on, and I could pull a lot out, but it starts off with Jesus saying that the, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle his accounts with his slaves. And in comes this servant who I imagine must owe a great deal to the king. So much so that he's unable to pay it. And the, the penalty for that is quite severe. We read that he's going to be sold off with his wife and his children, all his possessions, so that payment could be made. It's quite a debt to have. But then we read that he falls to his knees and he pleads with the king to say, look, will you just have patience with me? Would you give me more time? I'll get what I owe you, but you need to be patient with me. Please be patient. And then we have this wonderful interaction where the Lord shows mercy and grace to the servant. He places his trust in the servant and he says i'll show you i'll show you patience go and come back when you can pay me however within an instant this particular servant goes out having been shown this amazing act of mercy and grace and he sees a fellow servant that owes him money not an insignificant amount, to be fair. 100 denarii was probably about 100 days wages, a third of an annual salary, which is a significant amount of money, no matter where you are. And he sees that this fellow servant who owes him money, and he goes to him. And he, he fails. He fails big time. He hasn't learned anything from his interaction with his Lord. He fails to show the mercy and grace that's been given to him. The patience and forgiveness that he's just been shown is not shown and it's completely absent in this particular interaction. He ends up having this other servant thrown in prison until he would be able to pay his debt. Unluckily for him, unluckily for him, all of this has been witnessed by the other servants who have just seen him be forgiven and the patience that's been shown to him. So they go back to their Lord, and we read that they report back to him all that had gone on. This grace and mercy that had been shown to this first servant is thrown back in the face of the Lord that had forgiven him. 
So he summons them back and he says, you are wicked. You are wicked. I forgave you because you pleaded with me. I showed you mercy. I showed you grace. I put my trust in you. And that's how you repay me. You did not show the same mercy and grace to your fellow servant. And then we have this quite brutal thing where we hear that the Lord hands him over to be tortured. Jumps out at you. Hands him out to be tortured until his entire debt was paid. And then Jesus ends with these words. So my heavenly father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And I want to say amen there, but it's hard to say amen to that. You know, we tend to shy away from that kind of idea that there might be some kind of torture in eternity. You know, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about um, that quote from Usual Suspects where the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist and how as a church we tend to shy away from talking about uh, Satan because we don't want to uh, even think about it. And I think there's a similar thing when we come to hell, the very antithesis of heaven. We don't want to think about it, but here's Jesus quite clearly referencing that idea It's certainly something that I struggle with. It's certainly something that I struggle talking about. I don't think I'm alone in that one. But Jesus is reminding us here that we have a command to love one another as we would wish to be loved and as we are loved. And that if we do that from our hearts, then we don't have to worry about that. By having our hearts cleared, we have space for the Holy Spirit to do its work. To help us to continue to rely on God. That we might be able to forgive others and have this supernatural patience in life. That we eliminate the hurry. And that we have this supernatural patience. We're able to wait far better than we ever were before. You know that God is in control. And we sit on the other side of the resurrection. We know that we are forgiven through our faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus. And as fully devoted followers of Jesus, we accept this command. Let's not forget that patience is on this list of uh, fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And that as followers of Jesus, but not only should we see this patience as being like a, a command on a to-do list that if you do all these things, you're good. It's not about that. It should be something that supernaturally flows from us. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It should be something that is in our everyday lives that people are able to see. Do they see us getting flustered all of the time? Do we become like that minister? where people just are walking on eggshells around us? Did you see us as, as I was always accused of, as being too laid back? Or is that a supernatural patience? Who knows?
But I want to finish with that thing that Peter says at the very beginning of our passage. Because he says, what if it's another member of the church who sins against me? And that was a real punch in the gut for me when I read that for the first time. And it still does when I read it. Because it's a reminder to us that no matter what church family you belong to, and I've been in and around a few, as you can imagine, during training and various other things. And I'll let you in on a secret. There's no such thing as a perfect church. I've been in a few. There is no such thing as a perfect church. There's good churches. There's no such thing as a perfect church. And that's because it's a whole bunch of people who, who are imperfect, only made perfect through our relationship with Jesus. And when you bring a whole bunch of people together, we're never going to agree 100% of the time, are we? We're never going to agree. We're probably not always going to treat people the way that we would wish to be treated. Not always intentionally, but we don't always treat people well. And that's because we are a broken people and we are in a broken world. However, if we take seriously our walk with Jesus and our willingness to become fully devoted followers of him, then we'll want to spend more time reading the scriptures, getting to know more about him, about our God and the promises that he makes us. More about the, the love of God. We would want to spend time, more time in prayer, speaking to God, giving things over to him that we don't have to carry for ourselves, that we might clear our hearts. We might spend more time with one another. We might enjoy it. And as we get to know each other, we get to know how people tick. We maybe don't get as frustrated with them because we know that that's how they are wired. We appreciate them and their differences. So when we're embracing that we're each different and as we slow down and we allow the Holy Spirit to work within us, that we might start to show more patience with one another. And it's then that I truly believe that Jesus will have the bride that he deserves. But only then. And as a church leader, I had to come to the awareness very quickly that I would make changes that were far too quick for some people. And I would make changes that were or I would take too long to make changes for other people. There is never any middle ground. Believe me, there is never any middle ground. But that's the nature of being part of a church family, that we are all different. However, it isn't just reserved for church leaders. I'm not the only one that goes too fast or too slow for people. We all do. And we need to exercise this supernatural patience with one another here in Stonelaw 
because others will go too quick and there will be others that go far too slow. And if we're completely honest, patience is something that we could all work on. And there is a reason why it is a supernatural gift. Because if it was a natural one, then we would not need the Holy Spirit. But we do need the Holy Spirit and we're so thankful that we've received that gift from God. As I wrap up this morning, my prayer is that we would seek forgiveness from God for the things that we need to clear our hearts. Where we've shown impatience with, with other people, with, with him, with the church. And that we would want to seek to develop and nurture this particular fruit of the Spirit. That we would nurture an air of forgiveness in this place. And that we would have better patience with one another. God is not in a hurry. God is not in a hurry. So let's slow down. And let's forgive. Let's have more patience. And let's get in sync with him. Let's pray. God of mercy, through all of our rebellion and failures, you've been and you continue to be extremely patient with us. You look beyond what we are and you see that what we can become in you. And although we know that you are patient, we can get frustrated and irritated with each other and even you. Would you help us to have true patience with one another? Would you help us to wait for your timing in every detail in our lives so that we might not rush ahead? We thank you with all of our hearts for the patience you have with us. And we offer this prayer in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen.